0: Hey, I'm gonna start it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut up.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and well that's pretty much it. So uh let's go! <clears throat> Cut rate <laughs> shit.
0: This is Asinine Radio. This is the greatest music podcast you'll ever listen to. This is week one or two—I don't know—of July. It's week two of July in the year 2020. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds mm-hmm. of miles away, mm-hmm. is Jeff. Way out there in the ether mm-hmm. is Jeff. We're not together on this episode. You can't keep doing that. I thought it was going to be a good idea, but it's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And when you do, when you do rate us and review us on iTunes, don't be a bocephus.
1: Fucking bocephus!
0: Fucking bocephus! Do not be a bocephus. So I want you all the to go worst there. Worst
1: human of all time.
0: I agree. I agree. So give us a five star rating and review, and don't be a bocephus and give us a one. So
1: it kind of sucks because since he didn't like this podcast so much, he's not even he won't even re listen to hear us make fun of him.
0: That's, you're right, yeah.
1: But ID gas. son of a bitch.
0: Son of a gun. That's son of a gun. Oh. All right. Uh, also, you can oh. email us email us at radio ah. at gmail.com. At, we also have a phone number that you can call and leave us a voicemail, and we'll probably play it on the pod. So uh, I guess have fun with that. That phone number is 503-893-5307. Oh, we so get into that. Give us a call. Leave us a stupid voicemail. I don't care. Just do something. <laughs> just do something for once. Do something with your life, right? Yeah, it's just Dad. just do something. All right, we have our fearless beer review. Then we're going to get into our songs of the week, and then we're going to round it out with some new music and other happenings in the music world. Now, Jeff, and we're also going to talk about Jeff's new vinyl addiction. Uh, so let's just hop right into our fearless beer review, and then Boom. we'll get into uh, your your vinyl your vinyl addiction. Okay. All right. So. Fearless Beer you. What do you got?
1: I um, well, I got a burp, but BoCivas probably not going to like that. <laughs> fucking that So much. I I I got another keg um, of this Day Drinker Lager from Petal House Brewing. I really mm. I really like this beer. It's pretty cheap and it's nice because, as I said on a different pod, they the the brewery itself doesn't really sell kegs to the public. They go through like a mm-hmm. distributor or like a third party or the liquor store across the street if you want to get kegs. But during the quarantine, I guess there was me and like a handful of other people that got a couple of kegs, and so now we're part of this elite group that can get it direct from the brewer, which is so dope. And so I call them. So cool. I called them yesterday. I was like, hey, you know, um, I need a beer, a keg filled. And then she's like, um, let me get my manager. So you know, the manager comes on and he's like, well, we don't really do that. I was like, well, I, I already have a keg. He's like, Oh, were you guys that came here like two weeks ago? I was like, Yeah. So they, they're they're starting to know us now, right? Yeah. And so we always,
0: they'll they'll have you they'll have your number saved and they'll see that it's you calling. At some point I wanna be VIP. like
1: I wanna be like, Hey, this is Jeff. I wanna come pick up a keg or six of the day drinker lager tomorrow. And they'll be like, Oh hey Jeff, how's it going? <laughs> and I always tip too, so it always comes out to be almost like a hundred bucks because yeah, everybody needs money right now and support local businesses, right?
0: Yeah, you are absolutely so cool. right.
1: I dig it, and today, like the the head brewer was there, and so he, you know, carted it out to my car, lifted it into my car, and we were chatting, hanging out, and talking stuff. So it was fun; it was a good time, and I had a good time picking it up. And I will uh, continue to support because this beer is pretty damn good. And that's what I got nice.
0: today. Nice nights. and this is the same one we you had on the pod a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. This is the, this is our now third keg of this beer in the past like two months. Damn,
0: yeah, it's that's just, wild.
1: It's you know, it's like three point eight percent. It's just, it's easy. It's easy, easy, easy. Super easy light. Drinking. Little hint of like sugar at the end. It's fine. Mm. And I'm also All drinking right. it in a twenty two ounce cup that I may have taken from a local pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 annoying because this pizza place, let's call it Zeke's, this pizza place. Okay. <laughs> The cup itself is, is is glass, and all around the cup are advertisements of local businesses, right? Mm-hmm. You know, For instance, James, James James Goodman, East Valley Realtors. So this cup is just full of advertisements. So people are paying Zeke's, or whoever this – I don't want to mention their names. It's called Zeke's. People are paying Zeke's to put their <laughs> advertisement on their cup. And so when I went there with Sloan, we said, hey, I want this cup because it's a nice cup. It's a perfect size. It's big. How much you sell them for? We don't sell them. That's, that's weird. How the fuck? What do you mean you don't fucking sell them? They people have already paid you to put their name on your cup. Now I want to buy your cup. That's like a double whammy. You're making double profit from yeah. one cup, and they wouldn't sell it to us. So naturally, we we stole it. Yeah, we stole them. We stole two. <laughs> <laughs> what well, for whatever it's worth, we did we did tip an extra eight dollars per cup though. Okay, so, I that's fair. I that's guess fair. you can kind of like rationalize that that. Theft behavior with with something $8 like eight dollars for for a pint glass. That's that's high. I know it's it's a, it's a cool glass guess, though. It's very unique. Like I said, it's like twenty two ounces, so it's a big and and it's just perfect mm. when I want to you know get my little draft beer going or if I want to make a nice stiff cocktail.
0: That's a big stiff cocktail.
1: Oh, I love! That's the stiffest of stiff's. The stiffest
0: of stiff's. Oh, Jesus Christ! Okay, that's what I got. I got something new that I've never had. So. I'm kind of doing this thing, like I said before, where I'm just kind of picking beers that I've n- solely based off of the label, and uh, that's what I did here. So I went with something called Day Flying Coconut IPA from cool. Fremont Brewing. I took I took a chance with the coconut because that could be either good or really bad. Uh, Fremont Brewery it started in uh, back in 2009 up in Seattle, and uh, they have two uh, two breweries up in Seattle and one in Fremont, California. And, um, yeah, this is 7%. 48 IPA. Yeah, Gina. It says that Flying Coconut IPA evokes easy living island days with notes and flavors of coconut, cocoa nut, pineapple, and tropical fruits. It's the vacation you want to have but just can't take right now. So that's from the brewery. <laughs> and it, um, this is a, a very limited beer. They, they only brewed it, or they only released it in May of this year, so... This is a one-time run of this, but the label is really cool. It's a wizard flying a giant butterfly, (laughs) so that's pretty much why I bought it.
1: (laughs) I mean, just just like off the cuff here, coconut and IPA are two things that I would think are going to taste disgusting when mixed.
0: Yeah, I'm not really looking forward to it. I, I already poured it. I haven't smelled it yet, but I'm kind of not looking forward to this. So, I mean,
1: it could be good. You never know. But just uh, on the top of my head, that just sounds fucking nasty. Yeah. So this might this might turn into a drain bore, but we'll see. Ooh.
0: Okay, you ready? You ready to try I am, this?
1: I, I am ready. Ooh, okay. Yeah, mine's delicious, nutritious, as it always is. Are you barfing? Or are you still? Are you still no. sipping?
0: I'm tasting. I'm tasting. See, it smells really bad. It smells awful, but the taste is not that bad. It's kind of bland. It's more of a bland taste. You can taste the coconut. It tastes a little bit of the pineapple, but other than that, it's 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 kind of flat, and it's just it doesn't have a ton of taste, and the little bit of aftertaste isn't very good either. So, it's okay. It yeah, it's it's okay. So with our three point rating system, where uh, three is a perfect beer. Two is a good beer you're gonna to continue to drink. One's a bad beer, but you should try it once And zero is liquid hot death. What would you rate your uh, your your fine lager over there in Arizona?
1: This I mean this is easy, like a two seven five. The hotter it gets, the higher mm-hmm. this rating gets, just because it's so it's just so easy to drink. It's like water. It's just it's a good cleanse. Whatever beer I'm gonna drink after this or before it, this is this is a good cleanse. This is what Coors Light should taste like. <laughs> I would never add a lime to this ever. I would never add anything to this. It's you should never add a lime to anything. Delicious, tired, Please, okay, just zip your mm-hmm. lip like a padlock, as Kesha would say. So, just <laughs> this is good. This is this is at least two point seven. I would even go as high as a two point eight five.
0: That's three point one. Yeah. We never we never gone above a three, huh? No. Yeah. <sighs> okay, with well, this one, with this day flying coconut IPA, it's getting worse with every sip. So Woof. right now I'm gonna have to give this one a 1. 1.3 out of three. It's
1: just
0: 1.3. I'm never, ever, ever gonna go back to this. Even though the label is really cool, I'm just I can't do it. It's not very good. I don't think I've ever had anything else from Fremont Brewing, but you know this kind of reminds me of like when you when when you first start drinking hard alcohol, and you don't really know how to mix drinks, so you just kind of take whatever you have and you kind of throw it in, uh, into the drink. That's kind of what this tastes like, like, Ew. like, like Malibu rum mixed oh. with whatever else. That's kind of what it reminds me of. So it's not like it's not to- 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 horrible. It's tor- not tor- terrible. Tor- ter- tor- <laughs> it's not terrible, but it, it's it reminds tor-rable. me of just that, of the Malibu. Is it Malibu coconut rum? Right? Yeah. No, it is. Yeah.
1: So, so uh, I just looked at the label, and it is a pretty cool label. And it just occurred to me as I looked at the Fremont thing. So, like Fremont makes a bunch of like stouts that are always like really crazy expensive. Oh, okay. Um, like like bourbon barrel aged stout. I think they're called Dark Star. I've I've had a couple in one untapped, and those are always pretty damn good. Like at least three point five up to like four four two five maybe on the untapped scale. Mm-hmm. So that's. Um, that's that's a brewery that I would I would trust to make something that's not terrible, so I would uh, knowing that it's Fremont I would probably try that, but the label itself I don't like the orange. You don't like? The, I th- I think the orange was cool. No, I don't like the orange. I wish it was like bright yellow or because that orange is like a like an old like an old tangerine orange. It's not a vibrant orange.
0: <laughs> the the whole the picture reminds me of like a like somebody from the seventies has a, that seventies aesthetic like psychedelic aesthetic which I liked, which I like. Mm. So, cool label, got my attention. Luckily, I was smart and did not buy a four-pack of this. I just bought one can, one 16-ounce can.
1: Well, you can always at least, you know, if you buy a four-banger and you don't like it, like, at all, you can always give one to Mike, right? Mike will drink it. Yeah,
0: he'll drink one.
1: He'll drink one. And so then, then it really only leaves you with two. And then usually Ryan, Ryan especially if it's an IPA, one. Ryan will drink one. Yeah, he he would at least, yeah, he would give it a shot. And then what you should be doing is just if you have like undrinkable beer that you have multiples of, put them in a little like sixer. And then when I come visit, you can give them to me so I can try them. Because <laughs> I put a hate bunch of nasty IPAs beers. Now. Yeah, but I would like to try a coconut IPA, even though it's fucking gross. But all the beers that I dislike, I usually save. And then whenever somebody comes over, I give them to whoever's driving. Give and them the, the bad shit. Yeah, you all can taste it. How terrible it was.
0: Nah. <laughs> Mm. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm work no uh, ugh, this is gross not enjoying this what, what do you got for backies because this might be a the rest of this might be a drain pour for me so what do you got for Damn. your backies
1: I got B2L's I got let's see what else I got my little thing here oh great whites actually that's it It's got two B2L's two great whites
0: <laughs> those are those are the two beers that or no the, that's two of the three beers that are always in your house B2L's oh, yeah, Coors Lights stables. and great whites yeah Staples, staples Never of the Hutton household. Yep. God damn. All right. Well, I got some buddies as my backies, and I got uh, I have a couple. What is it called? Ballast Point Sculpins, and I have some summertime uh, logger from Sierra Nevada, which is pretty good. So I'm I'm pretty much set for the night. I'm I'm feeling pretty good.
1: Feeling pretty good. I know okay. this could be a long one, so you uh, we got could time be. to kill.
0: Yes, it could. All right, let's get into your uh, to your new vinyl addiction. Yeah, it actually leads into we my into weekly pick right too. There you go. Perfect so, transition. So yeah, so take it away. Why did you all of a sudden get into vinyl?
1: Um, for for a while, I've always had this interest in vinyl, and and specifically, I think it's when the guys from Punk News always talked about their affinity for vinyl. I, I always just thought it was so dumb. I just I didn't understand it why they would talk about it. And things like that, so I, I just never really gave a shit about it, and then for some reason I've, I've been wanting to revisit old albums that we've done on the podcast, but I don't want to like re-listen to our, uh, our, 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 our podcast our, itself, our, 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 I'd rather just listen to the album and then reminisce mm-hmm. type of thing, and at first I was going to do CDs, but CDs are so, so juvenile, and so then I, I was I, I thought I want to do vinyl and I just been putting it off putting it off putting it off and then I don't know man I I went to three record stores a couple weeks ago and just flipped through the vinyls and I was like damn these are like twenty bucks for new ones and but I, one day I was like fuck it just did it so I went out and bought three vinyls but uh, plus forty four when your heart stops beating mm-hmm. I bought Goldfinger's Goldfinger and then I was flipping through like the used vinyl and I bought Buck Owens uh tiger by the tail album
0: that's a good one
1: so when i got back so the plus 44 was new and then the goldfinger's goldfinger was new and the goldfinger's goldfinger that was their first album that one i don't think they pressed a lot of them to begin with if any there's a lot of cassettes made and so i i like the more i thought about it i thought oh it'd probably be so easy to find like these these old punk stuff because nobody wants them and like who fucking cares but they don't press a lot of them to begin with. They just don't have the money for it. So they don't yeah. press a lot of them. And so they're going to be harder to find. And if you look on like discogs and stuff like that, Goldfinger's Goldfinger, if anyone's selling it, it's like 40, 50 bucks.
0: Yeah. It's pretty steep for that record.
1: And so it was just, it just so happened. Cause I was flipping through discogs on every album that we've ever done, not ever done, but just on our new format mm-hmm. to see how much they would, to see how much it would cost me if I were to get all of them. And Goldfinger's Goldfinger and several other ones were, were some of the ones that it was just like, damn, that's really fucking expensive and just like magically, that was the first one that I flipped and I saw, and I just thought like this was some divine intervention coming <laughs> at me right now saying, bro, you were just looking at this. You were just debating on whether or not to get into vinyl, and this is one of the ones that you thought would be hard to find. Here it is for like 20 bucks. Yeah, that's a
0: weird coincidence. That's a really weird coincidence.
1: That is a big coincidence. Yeah, definitely. As Jerry, Jerry would say. That's a big coincidence. <laughs> that really is. So yeah, man, I, uh, I bought them. And then I also learned a valuable lesson when I came home and started listening to them because the two new ones played fine. Mm -hmm. Actually, one of them didn't play fine. One of them kept skipping. But I'll get into that in a little bit because now I'm a vinyl master. I I know everything about vinyl now. (laughs) But the Buck Owens one, I took it out and I played it. And the first song that came on was MTA by the Kingston Trio. Oh, what? And that's what I, said. I was like, What the fuck is this? Not Buck Owens. And so, I looked at it. You know, of course, I was. I, I went vinyl shopping with Sloan, who was. A, who was a. Uh, he's been doing it for decades or forty, fifty years since vinyl <laughs> invented. Probably so fucking old.
0: <laughs> you keeps calling it vinyl. You keep calling it
1: vinyls too. Vinyls? Yeah. yeah, that's multiple vinyls. Vinyls. Yeah, yeah. And so we're, I, we're I, gonna
0: we're gonna get like a one star review just for saying that.
1: It's not the multiple vinyl. is not vinyl. It's vinyl. The yeah. well, These <laughs> fucking cucks. Yes, yeah, so I learned a valuable <laughs> lesson. When you buy used vinyls, you need to open you need to pull out the vinyls and then look at it to make sure it is what you're buying. And then when I started playing it at home, someone was like, Oh, yeah, you're supposed to check them first. I was like, You motherfucker, why did you tell me that? But I was <laughs> luckily it was only three bucks. And luckily, the Kingston trio is pretty fucking rad. Had you ever heard of
0: the Kingston trio prior to that? No.
1: No. Huh. So, so, do, um, so you then don't also, have the Buck Owens album? You just no. I do not have the Buck Owens, Owens you just album. Have the but then Sloan, but then Sloan, he yeah, had the sleeve. But then Sloan was laughing, so he bought it on Discotch for like seven dollars. So it'll be here in four or five mm. days. So nice. I will get it eventually. And then uh, the Plus Forty Four album was playing. Like I said, it kept it kept like uh, repeating itself. Like it was just on a loop kind of. Mm-hmm. And so then I called the place and I I told them and he's like, well, maybe it's because sometimes with newer vinyls, vinyls. Sometimes with newer vinyls if you have an older record player, the needle won't fit into the grooves if it's worn down or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He said, What you can do is you can put a little piece of tape, you know, like double sided tape, on top of the head of the needle, put like a like a penny or like a nickel, something like that, like an old school fix to weigh the needle down so it gets into the grooves better. And huh. so I did it, fucking plays fine.
0: Wow, that's such a weird trick.
1: Yeah. So I, I I I'm learning every day, baby. I'm learning every day. <laughs> So it's just, it's just cool, That's man. Rad. It's just, I feel like I'm a kid again, opening up CDs. I'm, I'm opening it. I'm, I'm looking at the artwork. I'm opening the sleeves. I'm saying, oh, Mark Hopkins wants to think. Travis wants to think. Shane wants to think. And it's like, it's just really cool to see all this stuff and put yeah. the vinyl on and put the vinyls on and they're big <laughs> and I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, it's just a fun experience. It's, it's, it's fun to experience music like I did the first time I heard it all over again.
0: Even though you know the songs, it's, it's
2: a different oh, yeah. experience,
0: yeah.
1: But yeah, it's just a totally different experience now, and and now I can like flip through them and, and just, I don't know talk to nobody about them, so it's fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start my collection. Because there are some some good record shops around here. We got Program Skate, where uh, Ephraim from Death by Stereo he owns that place. So they sell vinyl there. There's Burger Records in Fullerton as well. So there there's a few good record shops around where I live. So I I think I'm going to start my collection as well.
1: Then there's there's the the concept of finding like that diamond in the rough, right? So mm-hmm. I most of the record stores So there's three record stores and there's a thrift store that sells records. And the, and the thrift store sells them for like a dollar. And mm-hmm. I've gone there twice flipping through the vinyls just for whatever reason. And I kept thinking to myself, like, "Ooh, I can't wait till I find like this is my naivety, I guess. I can't wait till I find fucking, you know, Black Sabbath here <laughs> for a dollar." Boop, 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 boop. And then after like the third record store, I realized that if I want these bigger bands, I'm gonna have to buy them new, or mm-hmm. it's gonna take me years to, at garage sales and thumbing through shit to actually find that vinyls, because <laughs> if so somebody enough. has, <laughs> because. If somebody oh. if somebody actually has like a Sabbath album, right? Yeah. One, they're probably never going to get rid of it because they just assume it's going to be worth money. Or two, if they do get rid of it, they're not going to just like throw it away to, to some fucking record store. They're going to sell it like on eBay or on OfferUp or give it to someone else that they know that likes vinyls. <laughs> and so I guess finding like that diamond in the rough is one of those things that's next to impossible. And so I think that's what also connected me to the guys with punk news who kept talking like oh he was so excited like oh I found this, this record or whatever it was like can you believe it and I always thought that's so dumb like, who fucking cares <laughs> but now I get it now I understand yeah
0: it's a it definitely is a hobby I've always wanted to get into for many years but I think now okay because I think one of the things that that made me not get into it was that I didn't have anybody to do it with to like talk to about it but now I now you're you're doing it. So now I could talk to you about it. We could talk about what we got and and shit like that. And I think that I mean, now I'm I'm definitely probably going to do it. I just got to buy a record player. That's the first step.
1: Yeah, that's see, I I was already one step ahead. So I don't have to invest in a record player because Sloan already has one and he has speakers that he can hook up to. So
0: you don't think that you'll eventually buy your own player?
1: Um, if I do buy a player, I want to get one of those, uh, like the cabinets, you know, like the wood cabinets. That's oh, like an old school the, one? Like a thousand pounds. Yeah. And it has like yeah. that mesh grate under the speaker. Yeah. That'd be but right. I would like to update it, but that's the style I would want. Cause I think those look fucking cool.
0: Yeah, they do. Actually, I do have, um, I do have a record player in the garage. It was my grandma's record player from, fuck man, probably from like 1972 or something like that. It's super fucking old. It needs a new needle, but... I think I'm pretty sure it still works. But, so the
1: place, the, the place over here is called Grace Records. I really like this place, but when I called them to complain about my 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 vinyls, he was he's he asked me like what kind of record player I have. I, was like, I don't know. I just got into this. He's like, well, if you ever like if you come back again, bring the whole thing, and like I'll mm-hmm. show you like if you need to upgrade it, I'll show you what you need to do. He said I'll show show me everything. So that's probably what like program would do too, or any any other vinyl shops. Yeah, I'm so sure. You brought that with. in; they could tell you what you needed and what what else you needed, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they'd they'd be super helpful with it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna but take a cool, plunge. Man. I'm gonna take a plunge, man. I felt it.
1: whenever like John Gentili talked about buying vinyls and how excited he was <laughs> when he found something good. That's how I felt when I saw that Buck Owens album. I was like, holy fuck, dude. Like, we did this album on the podcast in a lost episode. It was fantastic. Like, I'm so excited for this. <laughs> and then it's not even the record. And then it wasn't even the record. But the first song from, from the record that I bought was uh, my, my pick, my song of the week.
0: Your weekly pick, yeah. Are you going to get the, uh, the first Korn record since we did that on the pod?
1: Yeah, eventually, I want to get every single thing that we've done. I also bought that. I also pre ordered the RTJ4 album. Oh, sick. And it they, came with a T-shirt too.
0: They have oh, that's even better. They haven't. They haven't. That hasn't been released yet or pressed. pressed uh, no,
1: S- September, September of this year. Mm. But if, nice. I think for like thirty or forty bucks, you can get. It's a double vinyl. It's a double vinyls, and mm. one of them is just instrumentals, so mm-hmm. no vocals. And then it came with a T-shirt. It's like bright pink too. So I was super stoked. Nice. Yeah.
0: That's rad. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Research record players tonight, and I'll probably buy one tomorrow.
1: Woo! A record player?
0: Yeah, record. Well, yeah, I need someone to play the records on, so I got to buy. Said the you said you have first. a record player. Yeah, but I don't know if it works. Like, and it, like it. It would be cool to use it, but I don't have a speaker for it. First of all, because it has to be hooked up to a speaker. You it's could probably plug it
1: into your amp.
0: Ah, uh, probably. But I'm just gonna buy a new record player and just start fresh, completely fresh.
1: Damn, girl.
0: I'm gonna do that, and then the first record I buy is gonna be my favorite record of all time. So, that's what I'm gonna do, and then after that, I'm gonna just do what, like what you're doing. But the first record, no matter how much it is, I'm gonna buy that one.
1: That's what what what, what record?
0: I I think it's like 25 bucks new. It's uh, the first Corn record. Hmm. It's my favorite record of all time. So I, got, I gotta I gotta buy that one first, before anything else.
1: Yeah, I, th- I I wanted to buy Pinkerton first, mm-hmm. but because every record store I've been to sells it new for like $18 or $19, yeah. I just thought that the Plus 44 album, which was hard to find, that was the first time I saw it, and the Goldfinger's Goldfinger, I already bought two of them, and I was like, I don't want to spend that much money today, so I can always get Pinkerton, because everyone sells it.
0: Yeah, everyone sells it. Ah, oh, dude, I'm excited now. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for myself getting into this stuff. So,
1: then there's like, then there's all these different pressings, right? So, it's yeah, if an album comes out, like, like, uh, um, Master of Puppets, I was looking at, and on Discogs, it tells you like the different years it was pressed. And, and if you like dig deeper into those years, it tells you like you can find information on where it was pressed and what they did to it, if anything, if they remastered mm-hmm. it or anything else like that. And so, Another thing is like I was telling I was I was like asking Sloan, I said well how do you fucking know if you're just looking at the vinyl like how do you know when it was pressed or anything and of course he has no idea and so if you're at the if you're at the store and you and you see like a like a brand new shrink wrapped you know uh, fucking Master of Puppets like clearly it's not from the fucking eighties yeah yeah like there's no yeah, okay. way somebody has a shrink wrapped album from the 80s it's just that's just not possible
0: and even if they did well i don't even think back then they shrink rap records to be honest and even yeah, finding right? so yeah
1: clearly it was it was it was repressed somewhere at some point
0: but there must be like markings on the artwork or like on the back the back side of it or something right That that would tell you when it was pressed even if it's like bootleg i'm sure there's something on there very
1: specific but uh. So for the, the Plus 44 and the Goldfinger, Goldfinger, it was repressed by SRC vinyl. Mm-hmm. So whatever that is, I guess there's some repressing monstrosity. But, um, I mean, it sounds it sounds fine, I guess.
0: Have you listened to all and the records
1: I mean, you bought already? Yeah, yeah.
0: They all sound, they're all good quality, like good or great quality?
1: The Kingston Trio one's kind of fucked up. It it definitely has some scratches on it, but um, that was a used one. It was only three dollars, so I'm not too upset about it, mm-hmm. I guess. And the first song, which was my weekly pick, I think it's a f- such a cool song, and that one plays fine, so I'm cool with it.
0: I have I already do have some vinyl, but
1: I what I have, the- what. <laughs> You keep acting like this is a new concept to you. Oh, I actually have a record player. Oh, I actually Why? have. Well, oh, like, have speaker. but I, I want like, something you, that's like. What mine? else do you actually? But have? But
0: I want like something that's mine. You know, like, like this is like a like a new beginning for me, because well, I, the the vinyl I have was given to me from my, by my mom, like she gave me like this old Cheech and Chong record that she had when <laughs> she was a teenager, and it's actually really cool. Like like the whole sleeve and everything is like super intricate. And when you take it out, like, cause like the, the cover of the Chi Chong record is a car and it's just, like, and then when you pull the, the, cause it's like two sleeves. So when you pull the the inner sleeve out, it shows just like the inside of the car and there's just like weed plants everywhere that you can see on the outer sleeve. And then the records within that, within the second sleeve. So it was kind of cool. And then she gave me like a Ted Nugent record and then she gave me, I think that was it, just those two. And then I got that Fleetwood Mac one too, mm. but yeah, pretty good stuff. Can't complain. But I want, I want, I, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this, Jeff.
1: Damn, it's it's fun. I mean, it's it's cool just to kind of. Okay, so what else pisses me off though? That what else irritates me a lot is is at Zia Records. It's it's kind of corporate, and so what they do is is they organize vinyl based on like like genre. Mm-hmm. But like I spent a lot of time looking through the rock. And I was trying to look for like Sabbath and Metallica specifically because I figured there's probably a lot of pressings of those. There's got to be used ones that are cheap. Yeah. But they were, they were not there. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, where is this? And then, oh, just so happens that on this other aisle that's kind of hidden behind like CDs, there's a metal section. I like, Dude, why oh can't God. you just put all this shit into <laughs> fucking rock? Like, I, I don't want to just like search different sh- sections just to look for one fucking band. Just put it into rock. Go back yeah, to the Virgin I, Records days. It's all pop rock. That's it. Put it all in there. <laughs> Cuz they had they had they had a section for punk, they had a section for metal, they had a section for rock, they had a section. That's like, dude, this is too much. Just put on fucking rock.
0: Yeah. Are you giving yourself like a budget every week or every 2 weeks or something or monthly?
1: No, no. I mean, I just, I just made money today, so that's, that's kind of my budget, I guess, is just whatever that's worth. But I'm, yeah. I'm like right now, I'm only focusing on albums that we've done, unless I okay. see something super killer like that Buck Owens one. I just couldn't pass
0: yeah. that one up. You can't pass, yeah. yeah. I would have done the same thing. And then, what I, I was gonna ask. Oh, are you gonna? Are you only doing LPs, or are you doing like seven inches and stuff like that?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. A whole lot of the differences I did see All Hollows Eve there, and it was a smaller record itself. Mm-hmm. I mean so I guess just because wouldn't
0: that technically be a seven inch then if if it's an E p like all Hallows? I mean that's
1: that's something I don't understand either. and i I was also asking Sloan because there's there's thirty threes and there's forty fives like depending on how the fast the record's yeah. supposed to go, but. On on a lot of the records, I guess they're supposed to tell you how fast they want you to play it. But again, Sloan yeah. doesn't know and it's like, well how do you know? He's like, I just play whatever sounds good. And like, well, but, but you listen to like Big techno Sloan's- like that, that like that could be the difference between like techno and like fast techno, right? So you don't know what it fucking sounds like.
0: I mean, I know Sloan has hundreds of vinyl in his collection, but he's still not the one you should be asking. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'd fucking ask.
0: <laughs> it's like one disappointment after the other when you yeah. ask me a question.
1: Yeah, pretty much just oh, I'm shit. just gonna buy whatever we, we do on the pod, and that's gonna be my my, my main stay for now. And then if I see anything that, I, that any must haves, then I'll do that. Or if I see something that's really cool that I wanna do on the pod, then I'll I'll preemptively buy it.
0: Yeah. It's a good call. It's a good call. I'm gonna do the same. I'm gonna do the same. I think I'm gonna for sure buy a record player tomorrow. Yeah, if I can find a cheap one or a decent priced one, I'm gonna do it tomorrow. Ah, it's been a long time coming, but it's gonna happen. Do you want to get into your pick? You want to talk about this stuff some more? I, I think I think at this point too, we can pro- possibly like have like a little vinyl section in the pod, in this main Woof. part of the pod. Hey, we right? can add I another mean,
1: section to our notes. We can do
0: whatever the fuck we want. This is wowzer. our pod, and oh, Cephas can give us another one star rating. Oh, but he can't because he already gave us a one-star rating. So fuck Bo Cephas.
1: Fuck that guy. Bo Cephas, a little butt. <laughs> the biggest of butts. A little butt nugget. <laughs> butt wipe. Butthole. Oh, shit. Butt, butt. Okay.
0: So, yeah, that, that leads us into the song of the week. And like you already said, yours is directly related to, uh, to your vinyl collection your brand new <laughs> vinyl collection. And fuck, I'll just play MTA. Here here it is. The song is called MTA and it's from the Kingston Trio at large, or the Kingston Trio. Our
2: nation's history The people of Boston have rallied bravely whenever the rights of man have been threatened. Today, a new crisis has arisen. The Metropolitan Transit Authority, better known as the MTA, is attempting to levy a burdensome tax on the population in the form of a subway fare increase. Citizens, hear me out. This could happen to you. Let me tell you of the story of a man named Charlie On a tragic and fateful day He put ten cents in his pocket Kissed his wife and family Went to ride on the MTA Well, did he ever return? No, he, he never, never returned. returned And his fate is still unlearned What a pity he may he ride forever in the streets of Boston He's the man who never, never returned. returned Charlie handed in his diamond. Square Station, and he changed for Jamaica Plain. When he got there, the conductor told him one more nickel. Charlie couldn't get off of that train. But did he ever return? No, oh, he never returned, return. and his fate is still unlearned. He may ride forever beneath the streets of Boston. He's the man who never returned. Now, all night long, Charlie, Rides through the station crying, what will become of me? How can I afford to see my sister in Chelsea or my cousin in Roxbury? But did he ever return? No, he never returned. And his fate is still unlearned. He may ride forever neath the streets of Boston. He's a man who never returned. Charlie's wife goes down to... Square station
0: every day. There it is, MTA from the Kingston Trio. <laughs> now, before you get started, talking a little bit more about this, the Dropkick Murphys cover this song, right?
1: Oh, yeah! Did they? Yeah. Am I right? Skinhead okay, yeah, on the MTBA.
0: <laughs> yeah, because the first time I listened through it, I, I didn't make the, the connection, but just now I'm like, okay, yep. this sounds familiar, and then listening to the lyrics actually really listening to the lyrics yeah it's this is what they fucking covered and you love the drop kicks yeah it's like a perfect yeah, album
1: it was, for you it was so funny i'm telling you man it was so weird so I, I put this on as i was going to open the the albums from plus 44 and goldfinger thinking that i'm gonna hear buck owens and this came this comes on and at first like i'm like what the fuck is this i was all pissed off but then it played this and i was like wait a second. This is the like the Dropkick's covered this song. I, I know this song. So then I started liking it more. And then I read more than the song. It's just, it was, it was, it was a very fun night for me. But yeah, <laughs> the Dropkick Murphys did cover this song with their, with their good singer on their first album. It was called Skin It on the <laughs> MTBA. Um, but this, this song itself, like I said, from the, from the Kingston trio, I've never heard of them until, until now. Um, but I guess they were a ridiculously popular group from like the late fifties, To the late '60s, like that that was like the OG core group. Uh, The from Palo Alto, they are crazy influential. And so, when you when you look at who they've influenced, they've influenced bands from like the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, and then still today. Like they're they are that influential folk group. They are crazy influential, and they've held a lot of Billboard records for decades. But I mean, who cares about that shit? But. But the song itself is fucking so cool. It was written for this Boston mayoral candidate. His name was Walter O'Brien in the 40s, the late 40s. And so Walter, he didn't have a lot of money for like radio advertisements. So what he did was he drove through Boston blasting speeches and songs that supported him, including this song.
0: Oh, that's so he,
1: cool. He was fined like multiple times for doing this, for disturbing the peace. But like this song has become so ingrained in Boston culture. That like their their fare card, whatever card you can put money on to go on their the the subway system. Yeah, they renamed it Charlie Card, like based off of this song.
0: Oh, nice. Okay.
1: And the song is like a protest song because because back I guess when this was going on, there was a fare increase to where you had to pay money to get on the subway, and then you got to pay money to get off the subway. And so the song is written <laughs> about a guy who had money just to get on the subway, and now he rides the subway forever because he can't get off because he has no money. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking cool yeah
0: that is but then what you were saying too that about the the candidate what was it mayor the the candidate for to be mayor or something like that How he was blasting his music and because he didn't have enough money to to get ad, proper advertising that's like the coolest diy thing yeah like, oh that's so rad that's so rad but this is i mean this is <coughs> a, honestly a great find that you found accidentally like like this is literally right up your fucking alley.
1: Oh, it's absolutely! It's super like, I, I love this folky stuff, and it did, that that speech in the very beginning is from one of the guys from the Kingston Trio. Uh-huh. And so, like, this is like this is this is perfect. This is a perfect song. This is too good. It's this, great. I mean, even coming from like an accidental find in my first my first dive into record collecting and things like that, I thought that was very poetic.
0: Yeah definitely was <laughs> everything that led up to it is just it's weird it's really really weird how coincidental and just the connections it's bizarre for you all right you got anything else to say about the kingston trio or should we move on
1: no no just go. uh check out their stuff from the 50s and and early to mid 60s i you did listen to the pointed
0: f- i listened to the first few songs off this record and it was solid stuff it was very very good
1: so I think like, recommend it. like four out of their first five records debuted at like number one on the charts and was stayed there for, for many, many weeks.
0: That's crazy. I've never even heard of them. Never heard of yeah.
1: them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, the, but then that also kind of shows, you know, how significant the, the charts actually are, you know? Yeah.
1: Fuck those <laughs> things.
0: These guys who were so huge back then just, just doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Oh, okay, here we go. So let's move on to my pick real quick. Ooh, that was that was a nice frame. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so I this last week and not this last week because I was in Arizona with you, but the weekend prior, uh, I watched the first three Jackass movies. I just was just I don't know why, but I just I got really obsessed, and
1: so I watched. They're all good. These oh, they're they're, they're, they're great. still hilarious. They are.
0: Oh, a hundred percent.
1: They are. They lose no value. This, they're they're still just as good now as they (laughs) were back then it's scary how funny they still are exactly so
0: my song is based off of that my pick is based off of that and that's andrew wk and his song we want fun now this song was originally written and recorded uh prior to his first record it was actually from his first ep that was called was it called a girl's own juice that came out in 1999 And then after I Get Wet came out his first record, uh, I guess they didn't want to use a song from that record for the movie, for the soundtrack. So they decided to re-record that old song, We Want Fun, and this is on the soundtrack for the Jackass movie. And then they made a music video for it. And the music video is essentially just the rap party for the the actual movie itself. And uh, so all the Jackass guys are there, and they just have this giant fucking party, and it looks like it's so much fun. And Andrew W.K. plays there. And it just it looks so fun. I, I'm it's like the ultimate so party. I'm just so envious of it. <laughs> I really, really am. So uh here's here's we want fun from NGWK. There you have it. We want fun from Andrew WK from the Jackass soundtrack. Now, have you you've heard the song, I'm sure, right? At some yeah. point. Okay.
1: Like if you told me that song and then to sing it, I would never be able to, but after watching the video, I I did.
0: Doesn't the video or, look like so much fun too?
1: Oh well, yeah. I mean, Andrew WK essentially wrote like two songs and <laughs> has redone them. Enough times to where I, I I don't even care because they're all fucking equally fun.
0: Yeah, they're all. He is the epitome of fun. The epitome of fun and party. That's what Andrew WK is. And positivity. And positivity.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's like the overall theme of him is just happiness. Yeah. I don't know why we haven't done. I am wet. Like that's that's we did do it. Or I get wet. I don't. I don't think we did do that album. We've we never did. done that
0: album. Yes, we did. We, it's a last episode. No, we, yeah, did we did not. I guarantee you we did I Get Wet. I I promise you we did I Get Wet. Because we, we tried to start this uh this campaign for uh Andrew WK for president. So this is like I think this might have been. That a,
1: sounds pretty that sounds pretty familiar.
0: Yeah, because we did do it on the pod. Because this is I, I think this is around the time of the last election. So this was back in the very early days of the pod. But we we've for sure done I get wet. I know we have hmm yeah but anyway We Want Fun is a great song and for it accompanies a great a great funny hilarious movie and all three of them are great and and hilarious so check them out check out I Get Wet if you've never heard it it's a lot of fun a lot a lot of fun all right let's get into some new music sound good yeah all right okay Jesus Christ! Can't speak. So, some new album releases. Omar, Omar Rodriguez Lopez, he put out the second part of his Clouds Hill tapes. So, Clouds Hill, Clouds Hill tapes part two. This is just a live performance of some of his older music, but with different musicians playing, which is always interesting. So, get into that if you're if you want to. Uh, the, this band called the Killer Smiles. Uh, this features East Bay Ray from. Uh, the Dead Kennedys—they put out a new record called "Raising the Stakes." I think it was a couple of weeks ago they put out this record. Uh, but he doesn't sing on it; he just he just plays guitar. And there's some of the 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 typical East Bay Ray kind of surf inspired, yeah. rock and weird distortion. So it, it, it's not bad. It's really not bad. Did you check it out?
1: Just one song, just
0: the one. Okay, I mean it's it. I probably won't ever go back to it. But if you're into that kind of punk music, it get into it so the band's called the killer smiles and uh another one scott sellers i don't know who this is you put this here you put out or he put out on a record called influence who is this guy
1: it's from rufio
0: is he from okay i don't know i never was never a fan never of rufio, remember,
1: remember so rufio i do remember rufio yeah rufio well i don't i don't really yeah remember he it. was he was on he was on lead vox for i guess forever this is pretty cool though i
0: listened to the first two songs off this record I actually kind of like Oh, them. they
1: did they did Blink and they did uh, New Hope. Wait, on this record? Yeah.
0: Or his new record? Let me see here.
1: Yeah, whatever whatever this whatever this album is just a it's just a compilation of cover songs from bands that made music in the 90s. Oh, okay. I didn't know there like, were starting covers. lines on there. Uh Blink, MXPX, Lagwagon. What's, uh, no uh, what's the
0: longest line? Is
1: that is that's that no, no effects? effects? Yeah, yeah, that's what I
0: thought. How was the How was the Blink cover? Is that any good?
1: I mean, I don't. I think that song is pretty whatevers to begin yeah, it's, with. It's one of the more whatever songs on Dude Ranch. Yeah, like even like a, even as a deep cut, it's just not. I don't know, but it's yeah. you know it's fine. The the cover itself is fine. But it's not a cool, cool album, though. and and you should check it out because it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of stuff. Like I said, it's a lot of. Cover songs from the '90s, mm-hmm. from bands that released songs in the '90s. I guess.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, go check it out. For the first two songs I heard, I enjoyed. They were good, good stuffs. Now, do you want to play any of these new songs at all? Because there's one I want to play.
1: But you probably want to play the Death by Stereo one. No, I don't. Are there oh, any that you want to play? Not no, no. <laughs> I mean, I want to talk about girlfriends because. Oh, I fun. want to talk about
0: that one too. I do want to talk about that one. But, yeah, you know what's funny? Every time I ask, I think for, like, the last, like, three months, every time I ask, do you want me to play any of these songs? You are
1: no, it's okay. There just hasn't been anything that, like, (laughs) wows me. None of these songs wowed me.
0: Okay, so the first thing we have here is Death by Stereo. Stereo, local band, Orange County. Orange County, California, for our our listeners out in the U.K., uh, if you don't know where that is. And uh, so, yeah, Death by Stereo, they put out a new song from their upcoming new album. I think it comes out early August, but the song is called Free Gun with Purchase. I mean, it's everything you want from Death by Stereo. Yeah. It's it's good. It's just straight good. It's good. Orange County Hardcore with Ephraim on vocals, who's just one of the most unique vocalists I've ever heard. And then Dan is just like a crazy good guitar player. They're just so good. Death by Stereo are just
1: consistently good they're great they keep doing they they keep doing the same thing but that thing is really fucking good and it never gets old yeah
0: never i've never been bored by a death by stereo record ever they're all consistently good (laughs) it's remarkable it's truly remarkable so yeah go, go check out that new song and check out their new record i'm sure we'll talk about the new record when it comes out And um, so another new song that came out, David Gilmour, the guitarist and vocalist from Pink Floyd, put out a new song with his daughter. I think her name is Romani. And uh, the song is called Yes, I Have Ghosts. There's a video for it. It's an acoustic little jam. And I thought it was really good. I really, really liked it. Hmm. And I thought the lyrics were really, really good as well. I, I, I just think overall it was a great song. And for his age, like he still sounded so good, it's crazy. And his daughter mixed like mixed in with the the, all the, I don't know. It was just it was a really good song. It's a great song.
1: Yeah, it was it was fine. You're just a
0: Pink Floyd hater. That's what it comes down to.
1: Um, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that, but
0: (laughs) we'll eventually do a Pink Floyd record on this podcast. But
1: I don't, I don't hate them. I just never got into. I know. I don't there's no reason for me to hate them, but there's also no reason for me to love them.
0: It's just, you know, as much as I want to do a, one of their records on the podcast, it's just to me it just seems like such a large endeavor just in general because there's so much history <laughs> and there's so much influence that they had they've had on other bands. It's it's intimidating to do one of their records. Yeah, we do like a Beatles record and no problem, but anyway, Go check out the new David Gilmore record. I think it's his first song, his first new song in like five or seven years or something like that. And the next one we have here, I'm curious how you feel about this. Tom Morello, the guitarist from Rage Against the Machine and more more importantly, Audio Slave. He, uh, he put out a new song with Dan Reynolds, the singer and songwriter for Imagine Dragons. And the song is called Stand Up. So how, how do you like this one? What, what do you think I, of this one?
1: I thought it was going to be dumb just because imagine dragons I think are one of the dumbest pop bands of all time <laughs> and um it wasn't bad it really? wasn't bad I I don't think it was that bad no uh, I <laughs> I just feel like
0: they they they're, they're just like like both of them are just like so full of themselves and selves and I feel like this song is, is just it's um it's just so plain old people. Like they, they, they have like nothing to say really. Everything they just say is so generic and vanilla. I mean, yeah, their intentions are good, but the song itself and the lyrics are just—they're just, they're just I, not I, good. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just think
1: Dan like, Reynolds is is better. I, I'm not that saying he's good in any capacity, but outside of Imagine Dragons, Dan Reynolds is better.
0: What else has he done outside of Imagine Dragons?
1: just like interviews i've i've heard him do and just he's not a boring type of guy in interviews mm-hmm. i guess just because i i think of of imagine dragons as being a very cookie cutter group like 21 pilots type of cookie cutter bullshit yeah and so i i've hearing dan reynolds talk outside of imagine dragons he's he's like a person he's a normal person mm-hmm. and then this song was it was fine i didn't hate it just I got boring. through it just fine.
0: It was just boring. It wasn't, it didn't, they had nothing, really, I felt it had nothing of substance. Musically, lyrically, it just, it was so vanilla. <laughs> and I, I do agree with you with the Dan Reynolds. The only interview I've heard him on was on Blink 155 a couple of years ago when he was on the pod. And I thought he was like, a very, he was actually very interesting. And his, his yeah. viewpoints on like his haters and people who who don't like Imagine Dragons was very... It was very, like, humble, and it was very nice, you know? He's
1: very self-aware of how stupid Imagine Dragons truly are.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but... <laughs> he knows. He knows. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe he's playing some sort of weird long con, but... But anyway, this this song from Tom Morello and Dan Reynolds... is just, fine. I just... I don't really care for it.
1: There's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine.
0: Now, to a guy who is one of my favorite lyricists and one of my favorite political music, political, what am I trying to say? I don't know. my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite musicians within like political music. Like my, anyway, okay. it's Jello Biafra. Yes. Jello Biafra from dead Kennedy. It's his band Jello Biafra and the Guantanamo school of medicine. They put out their first song, I think in seven years or some, something like that. And it's called Taliban USA. And, the video is awful. The video is absolutely <laughs> awful. It's it's embarrassing, but the song it's cool. It's what you expect from Jello. He 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 brings up issues and he brings up things in like a a satirical fashion, but it's also very blunt, and I just I really like it. So I, this is the song I want to play a little bit of. So here's a, here's Taliban USA from Jello Biafra and the Guantanamo School of Medicine, if it'll play. But YouTube is play. great. Here we go. There's Jello Biafra and the Guantanamo School of Medicine and their brand new song, Taliban USA. I enjoy it. I'm, I've always been a big fan of Jello. I think he's a very intelligent man and a very funny, very funny guy. So I hope you guys yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, fine. And Dead Kennedys, I don't know, Dead Kennedys are... This was, this was kind of fine. It was just fine, but that's
1: fine. That's it. At best, it was fine. <laughs>
0: Well, at least you enjoyed it. You somewhat enjoyed it. That that's all I ask for from you sometimes cuz that's all
1: I get sometimes. The only song out of all these I really enjoyed is the next song.
0: Oh dude, you're so stupid. You but that's only because felt, I fucking oh.
1: hate it hate it so much. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed hating it a lot. All right, so this
0: this next song is called California from this person or group called Girlfriends. I don't know Did you know this was this.
1: Feldman produced?
0: You know, I didn't know, I did no research on this, but the first thing I thought of 10 seconds and I thought, this sounds like a Feldman song. That's why I was about to call you, actually, I was just about to call you like a Feldman, a Feldy cuck. I was about to say that.
1: Oh, so you didn't know just until right now when I asked you? I didn't, I had no clue, but I, yeah, but this, it sounds like Feldman it. produced.
0: Uh, fucking idiot, dude. It's, yeah. Ah, uh, he's so, he's unbelievable. Feldy is it, unbelievable. It, it almost
1: sounds like he's in there in back of vocals too. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I, it's it's gross. And I guess guess one of these guys he's he's some kind of like small time actor for a couple different shows on whatever platforms are on or whatever, but he's he's, you know, brushed elbows with like Travis in the past and Feldman in the past and so that's that's why I guess Feldman's taking control of this group and pointing them in the right direction. Who are these people? Like, I'm it's just two, like, looking it up right now and I can't find it's anything. Two, it's two dudes that formed, that were in other groups and, and did things on the side, but they came together and, and done this. But coming together itself, I couldn't find a lot of info on, which yeah. also makes me think that like, Feldman was like, hey, dude one, you should hook up with dude two and I'll make your music for you and you can just be the face.
0: That doesn't surprise me at all, considering he kind of like, started part of his early career doing anr for for big labels and then i what was it maybe i think we even talked about it on the pod maybe like a year or two ago he was posting on his instagram and everything and his social media that he was looking for new bands to work with or new new groups to work with do you remember that and we we talked shit about
1: that i think so i, th- I think he, he he posed as somebody who wants to help up and coming artists. Yeah, it was something like that. And and I think I think we took the stance of of he's he's looking for someone's career to take over.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean he he's done it with so many bands already. It's just I don't I don't get it.
1: <laughs>
0: I just I don't get it. Like
1: why do? you... I uh. mean, to be fair, if, if you're if you're a young artist and you're trying to get your feet wet and John Feldman approaches you and asks you he I says hey like we should we should hook up and I'll help you out and we'll get big. I mean, who's going to say no? Like,
0: yeah, I mean, there's that, but then then it's also being like a band that's established and has like a core group of fans or, or just like, you know, they they're about something, you know, for them to go to Fel, Feldy and then Feldy just you know, start writing music all the music for the band. That's the thing that bothers me the most. You know, we we've seen it Obviously, with Blink, with a and even like he's really taking the reins with the Used, and just that's Feldi now. And then I'm Let looking me- at, I'm looking at the official Facebook page. For what it's worth, the official Facebook page of this girlfriend's group, and the, the page was created in May of this year. So it's only like, yeah, May 14th of this year, and it's just everything about this this group is just so fucking. Just beyond cookie cutter and gross and disgusting. And I just I hate it. I hate it so much. You have no idea how much I hate this.
1: Oh my yeah, god. Well, it's get gross. used to it. They're gonna he's gonna push this as hard as he can and this these these guys are probably gonna get big. Probably. bigger than where they are now, I should say. I feel like
0: um actually I, I wanted to do a, a like a K pop artist sometime in the near future because I was reading more about k-pop and like how that became so popular and everything and it's like from a little from what i read it's like what lou Pearlman was doing but like on steroids and what like the record companies in the 90s were doing but on steroids like the k-pop industry is super fucking stupid and weird and it's (laughs) i don't know man it's it's k-pop is the 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 fakest of fake most disingenuous type of music i've ever i've ever read about the little i've read about but i still like it some of it and it's damn yeah k-pop is kind of cool sometimes
1: okay but yeah. k-pop it is k-pop <laughs> for the win i guess
0: anyway i feel like i feel like guys like feldy and and some people like in modern american music are are actually taking a lot from what k-pop is doing in that music industry and using that in america because they're seeing just k-pop blow up so I feel like they they're taking from that 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 recipe or whatever you want to call it,
1: you know it's kind of weird like the, when I was buying these vinyls it was it was I was thinking about if all of these as we talked about previously multiple times, if all of not all of them but if a lot of the venues that are iconic to music close down or get bought out by big 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 beer by mm-hmm. live nation, whoever else is gonna buy them out, just just think. Like I don't know, kids growing up in in a quarantine era, where there are there is no live music, and so kids growing up going to their first concert and saying, "Oh, that's what I want to do," and then going to Guitar Center or Sam Ash and picking up a guitar, then jamming with their friends, and then going to more shows. That first that first introduction is not going to happen, so the rest of it may not happen, and so in you know ten to fifteen years from now, we could see like a. A real drought in music, and yeah. I think that's where maybe this this overzealousness of of people like Feldman are coming in to promote people that are doing music now early, yeah, and gonna try to get them in there and, and try and sell albums and try and I don't know do something even do like online shows, which a lot of artists are trying to do now, yeah. And I just I, I don't know, man. Like in, I think in like ten to fifteen years from now, we're really gonna see the effects of this current state of affairs in music. Yeah. I think it's going to be bad.
0: I could see that too. And from what I've, I've kind of like been noticing over the last maybe 10 years or so, you see, yeah, like people are saying, like everybody can record music nowadays. And, you know, we have YouTube, we have all these like streaming platforms and video streaming platforms. And what I've noticed, like a lot of these people that are going viral and going huge or like blowing up are people who... They're either like this, they're cookie cutter, like created by a, by a company, or they're just these individuals who are so good at their particular instrument, like guitar, drums, anything, you know what I mean? Or vocal or vocalists, but they don't know how to write a song. Like, yeah, they can, they could play anything they ever wanted to play, but they can't write a song. So it's like, there's no, it doesn't seem like there's any middle ground, at least in like any sort of popular music or anything that goes viral for what it is there's nothing in the middle like there's nothing there doesn't seem like there's anything really genuine like you really have to search it out it, i don't know i don't like it
1: no I, I i agree i think i don't know man i i feel either we're going to see a lot of solo artists come out in the next 10 to 15 years because people are at home writing music or just like self-taught musicians because no one's taking. I mean, I just say no one. A lot of people aren't taking lessons right now, just for whatever reason. So there's yeah. there's either going to be a lot of self-taught artists that are like Regina Specter status that are just very earnest, or there's just going to be completely processed, boring music yeah. that is backed by record labels that are pushing them to sell stuff.
0: I wouldn't even call them record labels at this point, because they like these companies that are. I that's guess I'm true. basing this off of like the K-pop industry but from what I was reading like they're they're not just record labels they're in they're they're entertainment companies like they literally control everything and it's That's just why it's so
1: important for 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 groups and artists like Run the Jewels who who just released their fucking album and said pay me what you want and even the money mm-hmm. you're going to pay me is not going to go to me it's going to go to something else that we believe and I think that's a good standard yeah. to set and like i said earlier or previously in different podcasts that that these these big bands have to step up these big bands have to stop playing arenas and stadiums and they have to start playing local quote you know mom and pop owned venues because it has just to make start it diy with
0: or just make it more diy like rent out, out of fucking more-
1: chilies and play like who cares where you play just stop playing live nation venues Yeah. Just take a bigger
0: part in, in booking your shows. Even if you're a big band, like, like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like you, you're given, you're given this great opportunity to, to write music and to, to make money off of it, you know? And it's just like, at what point did it become strictly a business where all you do is literally go into a studio for two months or three months, every three years, and then pop out a record and then go tour it for a year and a half. Like, they're, like, you don't do anything other than that. Like, you literally don't. You don't help set up the tour. You don't help load gear. You hire everybody to do it for you, and you just collect the paycheck. Like, at what point are we, are you just, do do we go back to something more DIY?
1: Which is, I mean, like, it's, that in itself is fine. I don't mind that, because at least they're hiring friends, family, friends of friends to do all of that legwork for them so they don't have to, because theoretically they are busy Signing autographs or, or or doing whatever it is, if that's the case, if it's just because they just want to sit in their bus and and watch DVDs while everyone else does all their shit for them, then I kind of have an issue with that. But if they're out there hours before the show, meet greet and doing stuff, then there's no reason why they can't hire like a roadie. Yeah, but also like like that's like like you described Weezer, right? That like Weezer's been doing it for the better part of like a decade now. Bullshitting albums every once in a while Because that's what they're supposed to do at this point Yeah pretty much And it's 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 bad And uh, There's gotta be some personal responsibility From these boys <laughs> It's gotta start from these guys like, Come on man run the jewels did it
0: Yeah a lot of bands still do it too
1: They really do One of the first bands to actually Self release an album And just a pay what you want structure Radiohead In Rainbows they were they the first or was it?
0: Yeah, I think they might have been the, the one yeah. of the early ones to do it. I was going to say Josh. If not Freese. the
1: first. I was going to say Josh. Okay, Freese. sorry. A real band self self put out an album. No, like that what, to what, Pay what you want.
0: No, I think you're right <laughs> with with the radio. But I, what I was thinking of was Josh Fries started the whole um, like tier system where like you pay ten dollars for the record, you pay twenty dollars for the record and a shirt, you pay thirty dollars for those two things, plus you know like a signed copy and then so on and so forth. Remember because he had the, like up to like $10,000 and you could hang out with Danny Carey from Tool? Yeah. Like he just made up these stupid fucking things as a joke, but people, Some
1: people paid it.
0: No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Some people did pay it.
1: It got fucking weird.
0: And he, like, he did the, he made these extravagant things thinking nobody would do it. Like he did it as strictly as a joke, but he actually had to follow through with a lot of shit. And he's even said like, yeah, I was going to P.F. Chang's like, three or four days a week with fans <laughs> because I didn't think they'd want to pay a thousand dollars to go to PF Chang's with me. But he was doing that for like months and months and months. And then other bands started seeing it. Like he said in an interview once that I think it was like Tony Hawk called him and said, and asked him like, Oh, is it okay if like I use your idea with like the, the tier system, the pay tier system? Cause I know you're the, like, the one who started. He's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. You can do whatever you want. So like he was kind of the one who, who, popularized that idea not say he was the first but he popularized it when, that's what
1: oh, I was thinking. so okay so like in rainbows came out right out of high school like oh six oh seven okay so that's that I josh mean, that freeze was like thing the,
0: was like 2008 or 2009
1: but like that all kind of goes into to that you know that realm it's, it's kind of the same thing though yeah I mean, it is one's strictly music and then one's kind of like a self
0: it's just a way, perversion, another version, I guess. Well, it's also another way to, to make money because a lot of people don't make money on records. So it's like, do something more personal for the fans because a lot of fans are going to buy it. A lot of fans are going to eat it up because they want to have that, that connection with the artist. And I think, honestly, I think it's a, it's a cool idea. It's a really, really cool idea. So I, I don't knock Josh Freeze. I don't knock bands for doing it because I think that's a solid way to, to interact with your fans and, and at the same time make money because that's kind of what it comes down to too. You, know, you, I, you can't be a poor artist your entire life.
1: I would say, I mean, art itself is, it's art, right? It's very, very subjective. And I think to to get into art in general, regardless if it's music or, or uh, that's the only art I know, actually. <laughs> so I, I think to get into it thinking that you're going to get rich is, is already s- setting yourself up for failure.
0: It's being naive. That's what it
1: is. It should just kind of come from the heart. Art should come from the heart. Look huh? yeah, at me. Yeah, there you I'm go. I'm so like Eminem. You're so smart. But anyway, I, I, one, of the, one of the other people I know that has been doing it for like a while is Jeff Rosenstock from like Bond the Music Industry. Mm-hmm. I, and then still like to this day, he's very, very DIY. But he's been since like high school days of whenever Bond the Music Industry first started out, they've always had that kind of structure pay what you want or. Mm-hmm give us what you think is fair. Yeah. But uh, I I think it's cool that Radiohead, a huge band, and there's a lot of kind of stuff that like Tom York and stuff, he f- fucking hates the music industry. Yeah. It's terrible. And so I think that's really cool that a big huge band came out and did that and set precedent saying we can do it even though they have a bunch of money banked. We can do it, everybody can do it. Yeah. I like that. So that's good. I like but then that. if you do that, people just don't they don't I mean, I'm guilty of it a lot too, but then you like the people just don't support the band.
0: Yeah, It I mean, it's. It it can go either way. Just it depends on the band.
1: It really. But does. again, you shouldn't be playing music if you think that's going to be your career. You should have yeah. like a career set up, and the music should be like a side business.
2: Or unless if you're, you're going uh, to do you the really music, do establish yourself.
1: Record label things like that, deciding other bands. You know, Fat Records is, is a really good example of mm-hmm. someone who probably thought, like, "Hey, let's not. I don't want to make this band." My career, so I'm gonna make like behind the scenes my career, but it just so happens that the band became in fucking insanely popular, mm-hmm. and so now they don't have to worry about that. But I mean, there's there's plenty of record labels, and we'll get into it later. But like, why the fuck did Blink never? Uh, always irritating me that they never had their own record label. It's so dumb. Well, they did other things, but we'll we'll get into so that. So dumb. We'll get into yeah. They that. watched they watched DVDs while Travis recorded his drum tracks for the for the album of the week. <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> let's finish this up real quick uh nick 13 the the singer guitarist songwriter for tiger army he released a new signature guitar which i didn't know about you you put this one up there and i was surprised but i think i think it looks pretty cool and for 600 bucks for a signature guitar that's not bad it's not bad at all and for a great cool. signature I, I like it a lot and i love the vibrato uh, bar on it i always thought those sounded really cool it's a, it's a really good looking guitar and i imagine it sounds great cuz gretsch put out great guitars and nick 13 is a very very specific sounding artist and i like his style so i, I think it's it's a good move it's a good move and it looks very nice and sh- fairly cheap why why now
1: is this no no i've never bought this <laughs> It's not good, not his think first it's ugly or anything. It's just it's just uh, six hundred bucks. But like, why yeah. why now? Is he doing something now, or in the past like year? Like why why um, now?
0: I don't know. I really don't know because they put their record out I think in September. So I don't know why he would all of a sudden come out with a signature. What is it? Nine months later. I I don't I don't know why.
1: But. It's, such, it, it's such like a like a a niche obscure artist to come out with a signature guitar at a time when they're not currently relevant right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, mind you, for what it's worth, they are the biggest band within that genre. Within the psychobilly rockabilly genre, they are the biggest band. And it it is a it is a very dedicated uh group of people who are into that music and whenever and I mean the Tiger Army shows sell out pretty quick. Like they they're, they're fast selling shows, so it's like I get I mean there obviously is a need for it. I mean why why would Omar have his own signature guitar? The Mars Volta and At The Drive In are big, yeah, but or fairly big, but they're not like fucking Guns N' Roses big. It's like it's just True. Those two things, True. you know. It just it's your viewpoint on the band, I guess.
1: But I I still think it's it is weird that this is untimely, I guess.
0: It, and, also, and also, you know, releasing it now when a lot of people don't have money, and yeah <laughs> it's weird, mm-hmm. but maybe he just had to maybe maybe the idea was to release mm-hmm. it back when the record came out, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they couldn't make it, and then mm-hmm. they <laughs> I hear you <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. but uh, but now they were finally able to release it, so it's like might as well do it now, so we're not wasting money in the end. who knows, and the last thing we have here <laughs> is. Deftones They got back with Terry Date Their original producer Who did their first Nice record. Hell yeah And <laughs> Fuck yeah I mean if you like White Pony Which I know you don't You've probably never listened to it
1: I love all Deftones but the Deftones if, uh,
0: But yeah So Terry Date did White Pony So a lot of people love that record So he's back And he, he, he worked on their new record And Chino the singer Said that the new one's coming out In September So that's only, that's only month only month and a half away So not bad I'm excited. It could be the album of the year for me.
1: That's stupid. That's just, oh, God.
0: You never know. You never know.
1: Uh, you never cease to amaze me with the dumb things that with how spew from I your pie hole. I'm,
0: sometimes I shock myself at how smart from I am. From that garbage dump on the front of your face. <laughs> I'm so smart. But yeah. this is a, I, This that's is it for, I was going for. for this episode of Asinine Radio. Go to iTunes, go rate review, and subscribe subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinai Radio. You can email us at, at or you can email us asiniradio at gmail.com. You can also, like I said at the beginning of this episode, you can actually leave us a voicemail. We have a phone number. The phone number is 503-893-5307. Go on there. Leave us a fucking voicemail. We make fun of Tyler's
1: awkward uh, voicemail that he left.
0: Yeah, you love it. You love it so much.
1: (laughs) Sounds stupid.
0: (laughs) It really is stupid. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it. That's all for the podcast. I I got I got nothing else. So yeah, that's it. That's all.
1: both